0: Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We are back at it again with another episode of Kingdom Cast. Um, over to the top right-hand corner is my guy, Boogie uh, Country. will be on this pod later on. He's running a little late. But it's great to have this special guest at the bottom of the screen here. If uh, you guys remember him, he was a former chief linebacker. Uh, he's currently an assistant coach at the University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. So we'd like to welcome Nico Johnson as this week's special guest on KingdomCast. How you doing this evening, Nico?
1: I'm good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Yep, definitely. Um, So um, before, of course, we get into Chiefs and everything, man, you got a wonderful story to tell us, man, you know, as far as your football journey and life in itself. So um, I know what you're currently doing right now is is, is doing things with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, First off, man, how long have you been on the staff? currently?
1: Uh, this will be my third season. This will be my third okay. season. Um, I started off my first year with outside linebackers and uh, been coaching the inside the past two years. And so uh, it's been it's been fun, man. It's been different, <laughs> but it's been fun to be able to learn a different side of the football. You know, you know, us as players, we think there's not much more you can learn, especially when you get to the level I was fortunate to get to. But when you get on the coaching side, it's a completely different animal. And uh, so mm-hmm. it, that's you know, I love the game so much that I was I was excited when I realized it's much more to the game of, you know, ball than just, you know, playing. You know, you got the coaching side. So, um, yeah, man. It's it's, it's been fun 3 years, man. So, we have been doing well uh so far to this point. So, I'm excited for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, only one loss currently, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we started off uh with with Texas. We opened up with Texas. Uh kind of got off to a slow start um with them, um but you know our guys took that loss um pretty hard and and ever since then you know been growing and getting better every week and so uh it's it's, we've been having our growing pains but we've been getting better um our guys been enjoying the process throughout so yeah
0: cool good deal man so um let's rewind things back man uh let's take it all let's take it all the way back man so i know you played at the university of alabama road tide but before then, man, first off, man, what made you get into football then? When did you decide that you wanted to become a football player?
1: Um, It was just like any kid, man. I just played the game um, because, it, one, it was something to do. Um, and uh, growing up, it was either playing football, basketball, baseball. And it got to a point where my mom, you know, I was pretty good at all three. Um, but my mom, you know, single parent, you know, uh, had a lot going on. You know, I'm the youngest of five, three brothers, one sister. So she had a lot going on, trying to follow everybody and going in their direction. So um, she made me choose uh, between the three, and so I chose basketball and football. And so, you know, playing throughout middle school and high school, I was just playing the game because I loved it. You know, it was it wasn't nothing bigger than that, nothing more than that. Um, and after school, my family's big military family, and so I want to go into Marines or some type of, kind of follow my big brother's footsteps. My older, one of my older brothers' footsteps. Uh, he's been in the army 18 years, and um, that's what I want to do. And so I happened to go to uh, Tuscaloosa my the summer of my junior year, and I did well enough to get an offer after that third day, and that's when the whole mindset changed the whole mindset changed to the point where you know i being in alabama i grew up out you know watching alabama watching auburn and all those type type teams and i just never thought i was good enough to play at that level and so when saving offered me my whole mindset changed to the point where okay maybe i am good enough you know i never thought i was good enough to get get that opportunity and then um that's when the ball started rolling man and then Auburn came in the offers from every SEC school and every other school in the country, and you know, so my confidence grew um, within everything that uh, as far as playing at the next level. Uh, I didn't know where I was going to play, but I knew I, you know, was you know at that time. I my confidence got to the point where I, I started believing I was good enough, um, and so uh, now I got into the the whole realm of you know uh, the clearinghouse and all those things and. And such on, and then reality set in. You know, I you know was blessed to have the opportunity to get you know offers from all these schools, all the way from Cali to Alabama. But I didn't do enough to in, in school to get the job done. You know, I did enough. You know, the first couple of years, probably the first three years, just to, enough to get by. And then you know, when reality set in, that I had to have a certain GPA, had to, you know. Um, meet her requirements on a graduation exam stuff like that I had to do a lot of extra work just to get to that point. Uh, <clears throat> and so I was blessed I worked my butt off that whole summer to get that get, to get that done and you know uh, thought I was in a clear and you know a lot of people don't realize like I got in you know got into some some trouble uh, before I had to report to Alabama uh, the June the the 1st of of 2009. Um, Got into a little situation with a guy in my hometown and, um, you know, it is, you know, thinking back on it, it was, it was weird because I almost didn't end up at Alabama. Could have been any other route, any other place. You know, I got one of my older brothers, he's been in prison in and out of jail for uh, some, some time. And I always told myself I never wanted to put my mom through that, that type of heartache again. And so uh, when I got put in that situation of, you know, uh, having to go through a whole court trial process because some, some BS, um, reality set in that I I really wasn't doing what, you know, I I set out to, you know, know, to do as far as making my my mom proud, making myself proud and, 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 you know, take advantage of any opportunity. I kind of, you know, let my family down, let myself down. And so my, my mindset, you know, kind of grew up, I matured a little bit. And so I went off to Alabama and, um, uh, just started off there, man, and I, I think your question was—you know—you was asking me, you know, what led to football. So that's kind of what led to it, um, yeah, man. So it, it was just, just playing the game because I love it, man. It, it really wasn't one crazy thing. It was just, yeah, you know, I just happened to go to camp and the opportunity was there, and I just took advantage of it.
0: That's what's up, man. So, so, um, during your time in Alabama, like how was Nick Saban overall as like a coach or like a mentor or just somebody you may or may or may or may not have looked up to in general?
1: Um, I looked, he was, he was a hard nosed coach. I mean, we, we all know that he's hard nosed, very demanding, um, back then, you know, me being young, you know, 19, 20 year old, you don't, you don't really, you know, buy into the, the tough, the tough, the tough because uh, you grow up that way and you know so it's it's kind of like you want to have that guard down a little bit but he stayed on us big time you know he he can be difficult at times but uh, i'm grateful for it looking back on it because my mindset as you know uh, as as a, as a black man of trying to you know thrive in this world um it it helped me out big time you know i'm uh uh i've i've been created to be a perfectionist knowing i'm not going to be perfect but by being under him, playing under him, uh, made me understand that no matter how good or bad things are going in your life, you still got room for improvement. And I, I take that in my, my, my everyday life and, and coaching and everything that I've learned from, from him that I use to benefit me, I give it back to the guys that I coach now. And so um, he was a hard-nosed coach. I mean, he stayed on his big time, man. And, you know, I wish I would have not been so insecure and, and immature back then to listen to a lot more of those, those big nuggets that he was giving us. And uh, yeah, man, I I kicked myself in the butt every day thinking about that, but, but yeah, he, he was, he was tough to play for, Uh, but I mean, the results were, you know, being able to get drafted, being able to start off four years, being able to get that master's degree, being able to win three national championships. A lot of people can't say that, you know, I've been blessed beyond. And so uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, they say winning cures all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey Nico, what what was the biggest difference from Nick Saban and, and like your NFL culture you had? Um,
1: I think um I think with Coach Saban, he recruited he recruited all of us. And so, and that's with any coach, but with Coach Saban, he recruited all us guys. And so is it's, it's kind of like it's how can i put it um very small room for error you know you got time don't get me wrong you got you recruit a guy care kid for four years and he come in and uh he don't perform well you got he got a couple more years in the nfl like you got to get it now like if you don't get it now then we on to the next so i i think to answer your question i think you know saving this business like don't get me wrong but the NFL is is business like because everybody's job is on the line. Uh I think Saban has a little bit more wiggle room compared to like an Andy Reed that you know his guys that he recruit uh he he draft or he bring in or or sign off on, they gotta perform because his name is just out there as just as anybody else. Uh, and so the only only thing I'll say is uh the the difference is uh I just don't think that his approach as far as being so tough on the players in college would we'll carry on to the NFL. You know, just being honest, I think uh, that would that would be very difficult for another grown man to, to, to deal with, with with that hard nose every day compared to like Andy Reid that's, you know, he's going to treat you, you know, and, and, and hold. You. not saying Saban doesn't, but Andy is going to let you be mm-hmm. business-minded on your own and ain't going to sit there and babysit you. Uh, he's going to expect you to do it. And if you don't do it, that's on you. And so on to the next. And so uh, I think that's a smaller difference between the two. Uh, but as far as the business mindset, we had that business mindset at Alabama. It's just a lot of other different things that, you know, we wasn't educated on to, to take advantage of when we got to the league. But, yeah, hope that's answers your question.
0: Yep, because, um, cause like, um, I know Saban, he went to the Dolphins for, like, one year. And mm-hmm. that went 8-8, eight and eight, and then he realized, you know, maybe this is not for him. and He decided to go back to college, and, you know, the rest is history. He's arguably one of the greatest college coaches to ever coach college football. And like you mentioned, it is a different world between college and NFL. You know, NFL, it's a lot more, you know, off the field, and you're dealing with grown men. Like, in college, you dealing with just, like, a certain age bracket every time, you know? Mm-hmm. Country man, welcome to the pod man. What's up?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Life life got in the way with me, uh, uh, kids and mama and all that stuff. So, I'm sorry, I'm late. I apologize. Nah, you good, man. (laughs) My god, what's up, man? Hey, you remember this shirt? (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) when you first gave it to me, I couldn't even fit it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta slim up too, man. I've been was talking to talking to Reggie Ragland last night, man. Tell him
0: how much weight I'm losing, man. I gotta
1: gotta get back, man. Get back right. Get back right. Yeah.
0: yeah we had just went up against the squad too on Monday night, believe it or not. Yeah. With
1: the Giants, so Yeah, he, he was saying it, it was good. He he was just you know, chatting with him. He was just like it's it's good to play the Chiefs, see all the familiar faces. Um but yeah, he said he enjoyed the game, man. He said he enjoyed the game because even even when when he got there, I was telling him, yeah, the city is is probably gonna be the best fan base. Is the best fan base ever, um, hands down, and just genuine good people. I mean, and that's so hard to come by in today's world uh, when you meet genuine good people. You know, as you, as you know. But uh, yeah, man, he he enjoyed the game. He enjoyed the game. <laughs> Did did you
3: tell them about uh, that conversation we had about Arrowhead and, and the crowd and the atmosphere of Arrowhead?
1: No, nah, I I had I I have you talking about uh, Reggie or just no, no.
3: Nah, what we talked about last week?
1: When you no, uh, yeah, man, because uh, I I mean I talked to you know a lot of our players. They always want to know, especially being at the G five level. A lot of these guys may get the opportunity, may not. And you know they always ask me to, you know, they for some reason they think you know Seattle, and I get why they think Seattle is the loudest stadium, and no, whole not. But I remember back in 2013 where we, you know, broke every record as far as the loudest crowd, you know, loudest stadium in the land. And so uh, I be telling them all the time, man, how how crazy of a fan base uh it is, man. It's probably the best fan base. Man, I played at LSU. I played at South Carolina. I played a lot of big-time stadiums, Penn State. And, you know, being the NFL stadium is probably the best stadium and atmosphere, hands down. And I played in some big-time games from national championships, hands down. And that's every Sunday, which is crazy, every game day. So, uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. That's what man – me and country was talking about that, man. It's just a crazy atmosphere. It, it can't be matched. It can't be matched. I don't care uh, – because I, I think I think uh, the fans for the Chiefs have an ultimate connection with the organization. You know, I've been several other places where it feels like the fan base and you know the organization is a disconnect, but I think it's feel it's more family like family-like feel when it comes to the organization and and the fan base. So that's why it makes it more Every win, every loss is is personal, you know what I mean? And I remember watching the Chiefs win the Super Bowl a couple years ago and people here was like, man, why are they crying? You know what I mean? I said, you just don't understand, you know what I mean? It's been years of, of dealing with ups and downs, ups and downs, and finally their team get the opportunity to not only play, they get to the win, you know what I mean, on the good side of it all. And so, uh, yeah, man, I always talk to our guys about that, man, because it, it, it's just – we got, you know, was a time here, you know, fans really just never showed up. And so um, you know, just talking to them about that, man, it's it's just just always giving them somewhat of this some comfort. But uh yeah, man, that's 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 what me and Country was talking about last time we chatted.
0: Well, we got an incoming question for you, Nico. Uh what's up with it, Flash Hound? Um, he wants to ask, how long did it take you to pick up a new defense or a scheme change, whether it was high school, college, or pro? you want to answer that?
1: Um, from high school to college was probably the most difficult um, because everything was different. You know, back then when I was in high school, it was just see ball, get ball, whoop the man you know across from you. Um, but uh, college, it took me three years. It flat out took me three years to get comfortable in that that Saban scheme because Coach Saban puts so much pressure on his linebackers to run the ship. And so uh, it took me three, three, I'd say three and a half years to get completely comfortable with the ins and outs. Uh, but then when I got to the league, it was it was a lot simpler. It was simple because uh, a lot of the things we did at Alabama was pro-like. And so going from you know, a Kirby Smart system to a Bob Sutton system, it wasn't that much difficult. Uh, wasn't that much of a change. Uh, just the terminology, you know. A lot of a lot of times, guys struggle with the terminology. Once you get the terminology down, you know, it's it's off selling. And some guys, you know, pick the terminology up right away. Some don't, and so that's why you'll see some players like, damn, why why can't he get going? Is because the terminology. And so the quicker the guys can pick up on that, the better.
3: So you've been around two of the best coaches in in their pers- respective sports like in college football you're around Nick Saban hmm. and in the in the NFL you're around Andy Reid what do they have that's sort of similar and what do they have this night or day
1: uh i think two things similar uh with with both believe it or not um whenever whenever adversity hits for both of them, it's a the sense of calmness that they have that rubs off on the players. And I've noticed that right away with Coach Reed. You know, uh, you know, you you see at times what Coach Saban is going off uh when they up fifty or whatever, they show that, but it never show when things are tight, score six to six and game is on the line, they never show that saving. That saving is is calm and make sure his guys are calm. So uh things that's, that's similar is uh I, I think that sense of calmness that they have throughout whether whether things and shit is going good or bad uh, i think something is similar but different um it ain't much different about them you know they pro- they both approach the game the right way uh want to be the best in what they're doing um i think saving is more of uh saving is more of uh a rah rah type guy, you know, get on your ass, cut your ass out type. And Andy's and not. And I, I guess I don't know how he was back in the day when he was with Philly and all that, but he's not that type coach. You know, he's, he's, he's gonna let you do what you do, be yourself and, uh, and rely on you to hold yourself accountable. You know, not saying Saban doesn't, he does as well. But I think because Andy, like we talked about earlier, is in the NFL, um, he he really has his hands tied a little bit with how he approached guys because, I mean, just being honest, I mean, his generation is different. Guys have egos and, and such. And so a lot of guys, you know, what I'm learning now being a coach, don't know how to take certain things. So as a coach, you got to know how to approach different guys. You know, every linebacker in our room, I have to approach them different because they receive things differently. And so uh, that's one thing I, I, I think similar about them but different. They're not much different. It's just I think uh, the way they approach as far as how you know uh, the my, I think the mindset of them both is is you know you know not saying Andy Reid is ever satisfied with a with a win that's you know a struggle win or something like that, but Nick Saban is furious. Like and y'all know what I'm talking about to the point where you know he he's he's upset that it's 49 to 21. Andy Reid will be in a good mood. You know, if it's 49-21 against the Bears or against the Steelers or whoever, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of a difference between the two. But overall, ain't much different, man. It's just one is – one is, is cool as come and collect, man. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I got another question for you, uh, Nico, uh, from my guy, Clarence. What's up, Clarence? Thanks for tuning in. You he say, hey, Nico, who's the best back you face either in the league or in college? Ooh. So I assume running back.
1: Uh, in the, in college, I was fortunate, man, to, uh, I was fortunate to, to practice in, in, against Mark Ingram every day. Uh, Mark Ingram in, in college was different. And so, uh, I don't know if this generation really watched him in college, but he, he, he was different years ago in college. Uh, I didn't play against, you know, if you said quarterbacks, I can throw you out Cam Newton's and Tim Tebow's of the world, but running backs, you know, we really didn't play against some some crazy running backs like that. Um, it's crazy because we played Michigan State, but Le'Veon Bell was on that team, but he wasn't a starter. He was like the third string or fourth string running back. So it's weird when you look back on it. Um, Todd Gurley, guys to that nature. Um, Demps play that played at, you know, he was at Florida. Uh, but we really never played against a guy in a league uh, like that. I mean, in college ball like that, but I did practice every day against Mark Ingram and Trent and all those guys, so um, I have to say Mark Ingram. Um, in the league, uh, I, think, I think Jamal Charles. I think Jamal don't get enough credit uh, that he deserved, you know, as far as – because if you think about it, Jamal came along nowadays, oh, man, he'd be so different. Like, Jamal, looking back on it, was before his time. The way the game has changed and what it's, it's molded into now – he was ahead of his, his, his curve, and he still balled out. And so, uh, I, I've been blessed to play against some some hell from Marshawn to Le'Veon to uh, Jamal practicing every day. Uh, uh, Adrian Peterson. I mean, it's 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 a number of guys, man. I think overall Jamal was was probably the most difficult because he he, he wasn't his biggest, but he was the fastest. But he was also strong at the same time, so it made it very difficult for guys, you know, like myself that call myself a bruiser guy. But uh, I think Jamal Charles was probably, probably the best. And I don't know if it's because I saw him and, and saw how he worked every day and how he approached the game every day. Uh, but I have to say, Jamal in the league.
0: Yeah, you name some true general. You name some true generational <laughs> talents right there, man. So.
3: Yeah, they was all on this team. He's talking about he never yeah. played against them. They was all on your team.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> that's how much that's how much respect you got for him, you know? Oh yeah. So, so Alabama, man, like
3: it's the cream of the crop in Alabama. Like, ain't no two stars coming to Alabama and dominate. Like, how was that practice? Was it like? Man, it, this is this is this ain't I'm not playing against no culinary student who just plays football on the side. Like these are all football players. You feel what I'm saying? Like so was the practice sometimes even harder than the games?
1: No, uh I mean, yeah, you're right. Um uh, the game the games was easy. I just flat out say that from the get go. The games was easy. Practice was hard, and that was because of, you know, as a testament to Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. They made the game. They made the practice hard. They made it hell. And so when by the time we got to the game, it was so easy. We enjoyed it. But practice, man, practice was hell every day because you knew every day I got to go against Trent Richardson and, and Eddie Lacy and, and Mark Ingram and, you know, and then the O-line, you know, DJ Fluker, uh, Chance Wormack and Barry Jones and all those guys – and so you got Ken Drake, a young Ken Drake, and, and all those guys. And then you got Julio Jones. And, and, and it's just – it was one of those things, that if you didn't bring it every day, you didn't want to be known as the wink link on the defense. And so it was kind of like a self-pride thing of is either you bring it or get your ass off the field. You bring it or get your ass embarrassed. And that's what it was. And so every day we had to bring it. Every day we had to bring it, man, because, I mean, we didn't want to be that – that guy out there that everybody looked at like god damn man so the 10 guy, the other 10 guys out here solid but you you just a weak weak link and so uh man it, it, it was hell man i can't even lie but coach Saban and coach smart and all those coaches put us through that so when we got to the game it was simple and easy and so that's what it was that's why it seemed like when we got to the game it was just like we was dominating we was dominating because we we saw everything we saw everything and so yeah somebody said pork chop whoa, man <laughs>
3: How um how many uh are your guys NFL college that you keep in contact with?
1: Uh Dante, uh Dante Reggie, kind of all the linebackers that I play with. Uh Dante Reggie, uh CJ Mosley, um those guys I talk to. Um but other than that, man, we everybody's so busy. You know we're so busy. Uh, we stay in contact as much as possible uh, because I, I think this Saturday or tomorrow, they're having a celebration for our 2011 uh, championship team. Um, so I won't, fortunate I won't be able to go, but um, yeah, man, I it's, and even now I think we got, we got uh, Kevin was on our staff here. So it's pretty good to, you know, have a former teammate on our staff and, you know, we kick it every day and grow every day and learn every day. So it's, uh, we stay in contact, at, at, a good, a good bit, but not as much, not as much as we need to. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't hear, I don't hear some stories like in regards to like, you know, former college players and former pro players, as far as like prep throughout the week, like in college, uh, you basically got to go to class and then you got to <laughs> go to practice and you got to study film. It's, it's quite busy. Then the pros, you know, you got practice and then you may have some outside stuff to deal with. Maybe like if you had like some an endorsement deal, or do, like, an interview and stuff like that. So, like, are there any other differences that you may have, have, have ran into during your time between college and pro as far as, like, pro throughout the week?
1: Um, No, not really. I, I think it's a lot easier when you get to the league. I mean, and the reason I say it's easier is because, like you just said, you don't have school. You don't have all the distractions. And so, you know, in college you got trying to be a regular student, trying to be a good player and, and trying to, you know, chase out the girls and, and that whole nine yards. Yeah. Not saying you don't do that when you get to the league, but yeah. I'm just saying you got a lot of distractions in college. And I think once you get to the league, if you, if you're blessed, that whole mindset changes. And the reason I say it changes when you're in the locker next to Derek Johnson and Tom Baha'i Lee, you see these guys, these 10 year vets, 10 plus, and how they're rocking, how they're moving, how they're thinking, their whole mindset, Eric Baird crossed the way, or, you know what I mean? And so when you see that, it's like, okay, my mindset's got to get to that point. And so you're not wanting to – you want to be like these guys. You want to follow those footsteps because, shit, they, be, they got to be doing something right if they've been in the league this long. And so in college, you, you're naive, you're young, and so the time management comes in place. In college, you don't manage your time well. In the NFL – you have to manage your time well because if you don't, you're gonna get left behind. And so uh, I think that's probably the difference of just managing time and, and, and you know staying on top of everything. I, I joke a lot with DJ, uh, Derrick Johnson now because he used to come to you know meetings with a whole bag of different gadgets of how to you know stay on top of his body and working nuts out and kinks out. Uh, looking back on it now, I see why he did it. And now I'm telling our guys, they got to be that same way. I mean, the only way to take care of your body. And so yeah, that's probably, the you know, the, the biggest difference, man, is just times management.
3: So the reason the reason I invited you on, not besides us being uh, friends, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, is I think you have a very important story that, that that needs to be shared and needs to be heard of the ups and the downs of going from top college, national title, five-star linebacker to, to the um, late-round pick kind of worked out, but it didn't work out the way you wanted it to and, and, and injuries and all that stuff, and now to being a coach and, and teaching these young kids the right way and the pitfalls and the things to watch out for and mm-hmm. what you should do. I think that's an incredible story that should be shared. And it's not oh, over yet. Like we okay. were talking last week that you're still writing the story. Like, you know, that's just one chapter that's closed. And we moved on to the next thing. Now we're in the coaching. Um, So the happiness you get from these kids, like you put some kids in the NFL too, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What's the, what's the guy's name? Uh 49 right?
1: Oh, yeah, um, Eli Mitchell. You know, we've had several guys. Oh, he's
0: a dog. Uh, he's a dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eli Mitchell. Uh, we got two of our O-linemen. I mean, this program alone, you know, Peanut Tillman, you know, we this school alone has put pros and I'm talking about legit, legitimate Jake DeLone, like, pros. And, you know, since I've been here, we had Eli. We had, you know, Mike Jaquette. uh DeMarcus Bradley that's with the Browns and uh one of our O-linemen got drafted second round to the Dolphins and uh Robert Hunt and Kevin Dotson is, you know, one of the starters, started starter O-linemen for, uh, for the Steelers. And so we've put guys in, man. So I've got a great relationship with all those guys, man. And it's, you know, my role when I first got here, being a young coach uh, was just to mentor these guys and make sure they had the right mindset. Um And so, You know, Coach Napier, the head coach here, he was at Alabama when I was there. And so, um, you know, he blessed me with the opportunity to be able to coach because, you know, you know, pick off what you were saying, Clunch. We started off, you know, being at Alabama, you know, looking back, (laughs) looking back on it, I always think about that my senior year and my first, my rookie year all the way with the Chiefs. What would I do different? And honestly, I probably, it's things I would do different, but I probably wouldn't do it any different because it's molded me into, what I am now, but, um, it would, you know, I used to tell coach smart all the time it's difficult getting up every year, you know, going into my senior year, I was like, man, coach, I want two SEC championships, two nationals, you know, got all this recognition, like, like it's hard to go and get up for a spring practice every day. And that's when that whole mindset clicked. And, you know, I had a, a, a meeting with Saban. And he was like, no matter how good or bad things are going, you got room for improvement. And so, Going into that season, I was excited. You know, you know, Kirby and, and Saban had a, a, a bigger role for me because we had CJ uh, Mosley, we had me, we had traded Priest, had all those guys, and we rotating and you know, playing time and all that. So I'm excited. And you know, being human, I'm paying attention to what the outsiders are saying. Oh, he yeah, had possibility to get drafted, you know, early and in you know, mid second and all that. So I'm excited. And well, the season comes in. That's not the case, you know, um, me being young and dumb and not really understanding how things work, how personnels work, how coaches put in our defense in best position to be successful and so on and so on. And so um, I, I took I took that with a grain of salt. I was kind of upset about it. Never complained about it. Did what I had to do. And so um, <clears throat> I get hurt by week three. I'm not getting as much playing time. Uh, because of it. And um, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm upset. And so, uh, looking back on it, I probably should have had surgery, you know, because I wasn't playing my best ball. But, long story short, um, I'm upset. I'm trying to, I'm going through the season beat up. I'm trying to prove myself and so on and so on. And um, just it is what it was. Uh, we blessed to win a national that year, played in the, um, the Senior Bowl. Well, I had a sports hernia deal going on, and so I got shot up after that championship game. I, I, you know, played in the senior one. It's weird looking back on it. The Chiefs was the only team that came up to me and done like a, some type of interview, like on the field type stuff. And I really looking back on, it, I never thought about it as far as like, dang, like I I, I don't know. I just never put two and two together. But long story short, um, draft night comes around and. Um, <laughs> I didn't get drafted where I felt like I should. Just me being my personal opinion, I didn't get drafted. I was naive looking back on it, you know, watching film and seeing that uh, I wasn't playing my best ball. But I didn't get drafted where, <clears throat> where um, I thought I should get drafted. So I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm not even – guys, I, I, I tell y'all for real, like I wasn't even enjoying the moment when Coach Reed called me. Uh, Mr. Hunt called me. Coach Gibbs called me. Like I wasn't even Jordan. I'm I'm pissed off, ready to get to work, which is cool and fine, but I was so pissed off that I was blinded. I was blinded about not understanding the process and understanding the league is just, you know, taking taking it by steps. And so when I get to the Chiefs, um I'm 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 in an angry mindset. I'm excited, angry mindset. But like I said, I'm so angry. I'm not even. I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not myself. I'm not functioning like myself. I'm not paying attention and zoned in on the playbook and detailing shit up and the whole nine yards to the point it was just I'm walking around the facility angry. Like, it was just I was so angry. And I, looking back on it, man, I don't know why I was that angry, bro. I'm in the NFL, getting an opportunity, got drafted. I don't know what I was on. And so I was angry. And uh, third preseason game against the Steelers, I get hurt. And so – That's my first time getting hurt and missing ball. I've never missed ball before in my entire career. And so I don't know how to cope with that. So my cope was being more angry. I'm already angry on top of that. So now I'm more angry. And so um, I end up coming back. I get back, did what I need to do treatment wise. I come back and um, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated because I'm like, I'm healthy. Like I'm healthy, like why why I'm not getting this? You know what I mean? Like why you not? Like I'm like a, a cage animal. Like let me out. Like I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, I'm not stopping and, and really paying attention to somebody else is outperforming me. Somebody else is doing what they want that what what needs to be done. I'm over here point 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 fingers, and somebody else is getting the job done. And so. Long story short, I went through that whole process, that whole preseason. Uh, I got hurt my rookie year, and I'm angry about my rookie year and so on. And, you know, we got we got beat in the playoffs, which was crazy because I still tell people we should have won a Super Bowl that year. But <laughs> um, so after my rookie year, we had our extra, you know, meetings, and Coach Reed was talking to me about, you know, uh, one thing he felt like I can do better or get better is lose weight. So, okay, cool. I'm gonna lose weight. So now I'm not as much as, as angry as I was before. I lost weight, lost almost 20 pounds, came into camp, probably my lowest since shoot my sophomore year in college. And so I felt like I was playing well, felt like I was doing well. And, um, I don't know. I, I felt like I had a good camp. You know, I, I, I know I had a good camp, but you know, the nature of the business. And so I'm, Going through that, whatever, end up getting cut. I get cut. And um now that anger, you know, that was always there just came to the forefront. And so now I'm pissed off because now what just happened, the reality set in, I got ball taken away from me. And so now I'm 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 an angry guy that don't know what direction I want to go in, don't know how to channel none of this. And so hey, I got How old are
3: you at this time, Nico?
1: Uh 22. 22. Yeah, 22. 22. And so um it, it was it was difficult, man. You know, uh looking back on it like I told country. Uh I was so angry that I made a decision that looking back on it I probably shouldn't have made. And that was leaving, you know, cuz the Chiefs just been honest, Chiefs wanted me back on a, on practice squad. And me being me, insecure immature man i'm i'm nico you know i just want three nationals none of this this and that i'm gonna go over here where they want me and you know just bingles they they telling me they want me to start right away so that's all i heard but i wasn't hearing john dorsey and, and all the other you know people in the building telling me it's a process be patient you're gonna be good i wasn't listening to that and so uh it, it was difficult, man. It was difficult, went through that difficult time. Uh, but what I told country was um, I got into coaching and I sat down and I, I just had to come to grips with, you know, I had to let all that go. Well, we have a way here where I can watch film on any NFL team. And so I'm watching film on myself. I'm like, damn. I see. I see why Andy Reid and and Coach Coach Gibbs didn't didn't want me on the field. I was playing fucking horrible. What the hell? Like, I, I see now. I get it. Like, you know what I mean. So I'm critiquing myself. I'm like, damn. Shit. I, I wanted. To, it was probably probably like one o'clock in the morning. I wanted to call Coach Gibbs and tell him like, Coach, man, I, I apologize. You you were he you was right. That's that's all me. Like, and and you know me and Coach DeLeon, Mark DeLeon, that was inside linebacker coach there. We've talked. Uh, and I told him exactly, you know, something similar to what I just told you guys. For a while, I pointed fingers, you know, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. And then when I sat down and, and looked at it, it was really me. It was nobody fault but my own. It was all me. And so I handled, you know, the whole process the wrong way, all because of anger. And I tell our guys now, don't make no decision whether it's in life or in this game of football or whatever you're doing with anger in your heart, anger in your uh, on, on your chest or whatever, because nine times out of ten, it's going to be the wrong decision. Like, you know, I was telling Country, it's crazy because I'm looking at, you know, the Chiefs play, and you're seeing sourcing out there. Sourcing came in with me, and it's just like, I just remember us having talks about, you know, playing with each other and, and being out here when everybody, all the whole heads, and Tom and Derek and all them guys go going, and we become the old heads. And so it, it, it was just, I don't know, man. It took me a while to come to grips on it was all me. And I tell these young guys now, man, like, don't make that decision out of anger, like sit down and, and, you know, understand that one, you're not perfect Two respect the process. You know, it's crazy. Cause at Alabama, I respect the process like crazy. And it's crazy how I was so angry. I wasn't even being myself. I didn't even respect the process. And it's weird because I hear guys all the time now talk about, you know, this team that they played for didn't give them a chance to grow, grow. And the chiefs tried to give me a chance. And my dumb ass, just got blinders on, man, insecure, immature. Uh, but, man, I, I try to tell as many guys as I can that's in the league, young guys and guys that's going to the league. Because me and Eli, man, have had so many conversations, man, about what to expect. Uh, because a lot of guys, especially at this level, don't understand. Uh, special teams is everything. They don't understand that. And so when, you know, me and, you know, another guy that played at LSU, that played in the league, that's here with us, he telling them the same thing. Special teams, are everything. If you want to get a shot in the league, especially coming from a G five school, you got to be dominant on special teams. That's what separates Eli right now. Eli has special teams value. He can play kickoff. He can play punt. He can do it all. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just a, you know, smaller story, man. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I went through it and then I didn't have to. I didn't have to, man. I, but honestly, I wish I had somebody that would have you know grabbed me back then and pulled me aside like a country and tell me like, hey man, just, just, just respect the process, man. It ain't, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's going to be fine. You know what I mean? And when it took it, it took it and ran with it. it, it, and ran with it. <laughs> I, I I tried.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that chip, some people, you, you take that chip and they can use it as motivation, but do you think that chip just consumes you? That's, and, and it just Overrode everything because you were so angry about it. Yeah, it-, it,
1: it, it did. I wanted to prove people wrong so bad. You know, I wanted to prove people wrong. And 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 this this was my thing. This is why I wanted to prove people wrong because I felt like the Chiefs welcomed me, Chiefs fans, Chiefs organization welcomed me with open arms. And I wanted to prove it wrong, not just for me, but for everybody. And say, okay, the Chiefs was right by taking me. But I was so angry that it just – it stopped everything. It blinded everything. So maybe one day, you know, I get into coaching, that same chip that you're talking about. I'm in the coaching. Maybe one day I'm coaching for the Chiefs. You know, maybe one day I'm telling my defense for the Chiefs this exact same thing we're talking about while we're going to try to win a Super Bowl or whatever it is. And so uh, that's what drives me. That's what drives me, man, to, to be able to have something like that happen. So, yeah. But yeah, it, it, so, it, it got me.
0: So, um, so, like looking back on it, like, do you more so wish you may have you wish you would have maybe channeled that anger a little more towards the field as far as like your performance, or do you want to change your demeanor, demeanor towards like not being as angry in general?
1: Um, I think, um, I think it would have been more because I'm an angry player, <laughs> like, that's who yeah. I am. I'm an angry right. player, so that's where right. all my it comes from. So, me outside of all of that to the point where I would have been more, because me, angry, because it's weird because I know how to turn it on, turn it off. Once I'm on the field, I know how to turn it on. Once I'm off the field, I know how to turn it off. Well, on the field was <laughs> was carrying over to off the field, off the field was carrying – so it was just – it was on all the time. But The only thing I can say, I wish I would have just been able to, you know, turn it off as I get off the field and uh, – as I came off the field, but I didn't do that. Uh, so that's one thing I wish – I could do different is turn that, that energy as far as angry off the field.
3: And, a, and another thing that, that I always talk about this, this story, I told you um, when we, we were riding and and the pressure of the outside, of the family, of the friend, of the the, the groupies, the hanger-ons, like we were riding and in, in this 20 minute span Nico got maybe eight calls from people that needed something, wanted something. Like people don't talk about that side of the game, of the outside and how people that love you, they love you, but they just it's just too much at the time. You know what I'm saying? And you trying to learn the, the playbook, the scheme, the terminology. And mom needs something. Cousin needs something. Friend from high school needs something. It's just a lot of pressure, and and apply with that anger. It was just like, man, how, man, I don't know, you, how you you survive all of that. That's like, it's just, it's a survival story to me.
1: Um, like you, you a survivor. It's uh,
3: classified like that, or is that too much?
1: No, no, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, um, because a, a lot of people don't realize that pressure that it brings and the mentality that it can create, as far as uh, you feeling like you got to provide for every damn body. And I've been fortunate to have a mom that, you know, taught me certain ways. And so at first I was, I was a victim of it. Don't get me wrong. I was a victim of not being able to say no uh, to nobody, to nobody. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, honestly, the, the country is crazy because when I, I hurt my knee with the giants and went through that whole spiel of up and down whether I can play not play and being tug of war, I slipped into a small depression. And what happened was I have worked my way up all the way from the Chiefs, And I feel like I get a two year extension. I feel like here it is. I'm about to take off. Like here it is. I'm playing my best ball. And I get hurt and I get hurt, have surgery. Everything is fine. And then, so I can't get into everything else, but, Things ain't going away, felt physical. So now I'm being torn between this doctor, this doctor, like what's what's real, what's going on? And so now football is being pulled away from me, like just on a physical standpoint. That's never been me. I That's never been me. I'm a thug, whatever it is, it, it needs to be. If it's something that's hurt, I'm a thug it out, whatever. But this is the first time where football, like physically, I can't, I'm not allowed to do it because of my body. And so my mindset was, you know, going through it and some other things happen. And so, man, I slipped into to a depression, man, to where I'm just, I'm out of it. I'm drinking and all that. Just It's just bad. I'm I'm out of it to the point where, man, it's friends stop talking to me. Um, I'm telling them, like, man, I'm going through this, and going through that. Nobody's answering my text. Nobody answered my phone. And it's crazy, man, because I'm sitting there and it's just like, damn, man, like I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, damn, nobody really has responded to me in like three or four days. And that whole sense of pride, the whole competitive nature kicked in. Okay. None of y'all don't want to respond. None of y'all don't want to be here for me. Cool. All right. And so my whole mindset changed to, I want to prove people wrong. And honestly, that's the only reason my competitive nature brought me up out of my depression. It's weird. My competitive nature brought me up out of it. And so, um, I want I wanted to prove people that one that turned their backs on them in the time of need. And like you just said, I, I I received all those calls and answered or called them all back or helped them all out. But in my time in me, my in need, nobody was there for me. And so I took that with a grain of salt, took it personal and ran with it. And it's weird, man, because when I retired in 17, uh, some of those same people that were still talking to me stopped talking to me because I retired. So that was that was that was heartbreaking. And so I made my circle very, very small from that point on. And, you know, it's weird because when I was going through that struggle, it's like God was just telling me like, you know, before I bless you with this, this, this blessing I'm about to give you. I want to show you who's really about you. And that's one thing I've been struggling with for years, ever since my mom passed, who is really genuine about me and who isn't. Because I never knew how to say no to all these people, but I don't know who's real at the same time, or who's fake. And so that situation, you know, showed me who was who. And so, man, um, I just – I've been through a lot these these past few years, man, and I've been blessed to, to go through it because it's molding me. It's who I am now, man. And so um, everything that I go through, everything I learn, I try to push back to these guys, man, so they don't have to go down that same path. And so uh, it's crazy because, you know, me and Eli talk about it because he's going through the same thing. It's, it's the nature of the beast, man, being – a professional athlete because everybody think you getting you know Bill Gates money in, in, when you, you don't practice squad, you know what I mean? So it's 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 crazy,
0: right. it ain't nowhere near that.
1: No, <laughs> no,
3: it's well,
0: like you get drafted
3: just because you got drafted, don't mean you made it. I mean, if you're not a lottery pick, even lottery picks, though, but like, man, you was a fourth round pick, it's not like. Oh,
1: here
3: goes a million
0: dollars, kid. You know what I'm saying?
3: You're set for life.
1: I, I had somebody. The day I, got, the day I got drafted, I had somebody call me and to ask me for twenty five thousand dollars donation. I'm like, man, like you serious? Like I, I <laughs> haven't even signed anything. You asking me for a donation? Like I don't know, man. It's 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 a it's a lot of pressure. Um, if you don't have the support system or have the, the level head is it can swallow you up. But if you do, you, you can thrive. You can thrive. I think it's becoming, I, I think it's actually getting worse nowadays because of social media. And so um back then it was, it was a little bit easy, but social media makes things, <laughs> it can make you break you. So. Uh, and,
3: that, and that also bleeds over to uh, our segues to the Calvin Ridley situation that mm-hmm. currently he, he was a, a lottery pick, you know what I'm saying, a superstar. And and he had to take away – he had to get away from the game. Like, yeah. that's real, man. You can't disrespect a man yeah. mentally. You never know what somebody's going through, let alone the field. I think sometimes fans forget that y'all humans. It's just like you're a football player. Like, you're strong and nothing can hurt you. Uh, you know, what do you mean you're, you're having mental health issues? What do you mean? <laughs> You're 6'3", you're 250 pounds. What do you mean? Like- I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's one of those things when they, they see uh, us guys make unbelievable. We do unbelievable things week in and week out. We become those superheroes. And it's just like, after a while, you start really believing, like, this guy can do anything. Him having mental? No. Kind of kind a situation when, you know, you grow up and your grandma or, or your mom or whatever and, and like, like my mom when my mom or my grandmother passed away. Like it was like, no, that's, that's not supposed to happen. Like this is, you know what I mean? You, you kryptonite, like, n- no, like you good. And so it, it's kind of one of those things, whenever a player is like, man, my mental is not, fans don't understand that man. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Even more so nowadays than ever, man, because it's got so much, like I said, with social media and, you know, you already got your own pressure on yourself. You got your, your wife, your girlfriend, or, or whatever. Then you got your homeboys, your friends, your dad, your mom. And then on top of that, you got you a got fan base. You got your coaching staff. You got your teammates. And you, you got money. You got bills. You got all. And then at the same time, you got to go out here and perform. So it's like, it's, it's, it's tough, man. But that's why I say that any young, young person, like, make sure your circle is, is simple and tight. As you go into it with an unraveled circle, I like guess it's, it's gonna be a headache. It's gonna be a headache. It's gonna be a headache. Oh,
3: yeah, definitely. Like I said, man, and I think you're on, on the right path. Did you do that thing that we talked about? Nah, I haven't. I haven't. Come on, man. Do that, bro. Do that. I will. I will. <laughs> I'm not gonna I put will. the business out there, but do that. Do I, that. Will. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, also, a good thing that we share in this, I'm bring my boy Boogie in because he's been quiet. We always got together and watched all the fights. Who's your favorite boxing right now? Right
1: now? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: I've, been, I've been more to USC, man, lately, man. Oh. Really? It's, oh. it's, it's, it's so hard <laughs> to... It's so, man, it's <laughs> It's, it's crazy because down here in Louisiana, we don't, they don't, like, we're so busy coaching. And if we, you know, go and try to watch a fight or whatever, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like some, t- some places here in Lafayette, you can't get the fight. And if you rent it, it's like, it's, it's some BS going on. And so it's this little, uh, it's a twins, twins peaks here that we go to, but they only get UFC fights. They never get the boxing or anything like, so I don't know if they're going to get, I think is it, is it, uh, Canelo? Who was that fighting? Canelo, I can can play play. Play. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I haven't been, I don't know. I've been staying on top of Wilder because he's a Bama guy through and through, but yeah, but it, it ain't really much that's been going since Floyd retired, man. It's like, I ain't, I ain't really been taking anything serious for real. So, uh, yeah, man, there were good times, man. Being able to watch, be be simple, man. Be simple.
3: So, um, with the with the coaching, I know you've been busy. Uh, have y'all talked about the Chiefs yet? Like the current Chiefs? Uh, I, mean, I know I missed like half the show.
0: No, we haven't got to the Chiefs yet. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> ask Nico. Like, Nico, like, do you do you try to keep track of the Chiefs as much as possible whenever you're not coaching? Um,
1: honestly, man, honestly, because of, you know, I guess the way my career ended, I don't never really watch football. Honestly, I can't even say my career. I think because I watch so much football every day, coaching and watching film, like when I leave here, I don't never really, you know, watch film, Um, uh, watch, watch games like that. But, you know, if it's like the other night I watched, you know, Reggie, you know, ex teammates played, and, you know, I know he played with Chiefs, just want to see him do well. Uh, but I don't really, you know, I don't really watch as much as, you know, people might think. Uh, I always want him to do well. You know, I was glad that Coach Reed got his, you know, first Super Bowl a couple of years ago, man. Uh, that, that was good. Uh, so it's, I hate this the little slump they're in right now. They'll be fine, man. This is This is normal for them. They'll be fine. Uh, they'll come up out of it and ball out down the road. Cause that's one thing about the Chiefs. They gonna they're gonna perform when they need to perform. Um, so I know people, you know, die hard. they 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 want to see that. And so uh, but for the most part, man, I, I I try to stay away from football. Once I leave the building, I try to stay away from football. <laughs> just just cause at, at at this point, man, once I retired, the reason I retired instead of trying to continue to chase that dream, my peace of mind was everything. Uh, my peace of mind, and I felt like playing for the first time in my life. I've never had peace of mind, and so uh, whenever you know I you know feel overload here watching so much film, I always I mean I try to shut it down outside of outside of work. But uh, I don't stand I don't stand in, in, in contact much of watching them, man. But I, I need to start, man, because got ex teammates, you know, from you know Kilts and, and those guys, man. So yeah. How do you watch the
3: game when you do get when you do get a chance to watch the game? Do you watch it as a regular guy? Or are you watching it as a linebacker? Or are you or now are you watching it as a coach?
1: Um it depends. Like if I'm if I'm with some co-workers, of course we're gonna watch it as a coach. But if I'm by myself, it's just simple of me just being a fan of wanting, you know, guys like Celts and all those guys to do well. Uh, yeah, man. Like I think the only way for me to like really get into that mode of, of uh just simply just watching it as a linebacker. Uh I think I did, I think I honestly being truthful, I think I did when Reggie was there. You know, I was cause Reggie wanted me to critique him and so I was critiquing him. And so that way if he ever, you know, whenever he asks, I'm I'm gonna give him the, the right feedback. And so, uh, but other than that, once he left, it was just—I mean, I don't really know many people there now, so um, I don't really watch it as a linebacker. But because I'm in mean, coach mode, it'll probably be coach 95% of the time, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, it's—it's it's once Alabama, you though. say what now? You're
3: still watching Alabama, though. I see them tweets.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, man. I had to go back. I had to go back through and delete most of my tweets, man, because now I'm a coach in college ball. Some of them things would have came back and bit me in the butt. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I, I try to catch them every now and then, but even them, man, I, I don't watch as much. You know what I mean? So my mindset is is on my, my legacy of trying to leave. I don't have kids right now, but trying to leave a legacy, you know, for my future kids. And so. You know, me just sitting back wasting time. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It's my just whole mindset is different than what it used to be, man. So I'm just trying to stay the course. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't so, know, so all right, all right, coach,
3: coach, give me somebody to watch out for coming through the ranks. Uh um, you on your team or in your division or league <clears throat> or whatever?
1: I think. Uh, Of course, I mean, you know, guys know the quarterback at Liberty. That's pretty good. Um, Yeah,
0: Malik Willis,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, we play him in two weeks, in two weeks. And so uh, Nichols Nichols State, you know, quarterback, you know, he's he's a guy, man. He played at LSU, uh, pretty talented kid. Um, I I think he has a shot. I don't know if – he reminds me a lot of Tyrod. You know, with with more with a better arm, I think. Um, but mm, of course, we know you know B. Rob at Texas, the running back, that's a given. Um, it really, it, this league, man, is it's like for us. I'll just speak on us. Um, our right tackle is is every bit of six six, you know, six six. Yeah, a good player, a good player. He remind me a lot of, of Fish. Um, and then I write guard man, we, we were blessed to get him. He had every powerful offer in the land, and we was blessed to get him. And Sabo, um, he does a he does a hell of a job, man. He, Sabo was six six five with a size 22 shoe, he's huge, man. Um, uh, but he can it's weird, man, because he's pretty good at guard, but he also I think he's better at tackles. It's weird, um, uh, but he's a solid guy, man. Um, I run it back, you know, Chris Smith. He uh he's uh he's kinda like uh a bigger version of Calais. You know, we had a running back to go get drafted by uh the Rams, or he might be with the Rams uh you know, last year. And so uh, he's a pretty fast kid, good kid. Kinda your uh I don't know what, what running back to compare him to because he's he's more as a he's more of a your your screen, special teams type guy. Like he, he gets it done. Gets it done, but right now, man, uh, you got Chauncey McNatt, man. That's he transferred in from Georgia. Actually, doing a pretty good job for us. Um, he's you know hiding cold a little bit, but he's been doing a pretty good job this year. Uh, but ISL, one of our inside linebackers is uh, more of your NFL type. You know, six six foot six one, uh, Farad Garner, uh, fluid can you know run stop and cover at the same time, but uh, still got a little room to, to grow. But uh, we really – I think – I think Percy Butler is a safety force that plays the game the right way. Uh, Makai Garner is a six six two corner that, that moves very well. One of our young safeties uh, – one of our young safeties uh, – and uh Cam uh Pedesco like he plays safety, plays star. He does we got some talent, man. He got some talent. I, I think one of our corners in, in Trey Amos uh is probably gonna easily get drafted here in a couple of years. Um he, he's just everything you want in, in a corner man. Uh long can run. Um but yeah man um uh Makai is kind of remind me a lot of Sean Smith uh it's just, I mean, he's up and down with his, you know, how he performs and stuff. But overall, man, he, we uh, got some talent on the back end, man. So we're starting to put it together. Uh, we got a nose guard that's that's pretty uh, six five, you know, three three fifty. Uh, that's that's solid. I've um, been battling injuries all year, so it's a uh, pretty good player. He can run. He's a he's a watered down version of my man at Georgia, number ninety nine at Georgia, but he's 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 a pretty good player, man. But we got some talent, man. So we just trying to finish out strong so everybody can benefit. Everybody can benefit. So, so you
3: ain't been a coach for too long, but you be using them coaching cliche, them uh, coaching cliches. What you mean? He got <laughs> a to
1: him. He got <laughs> man, he's a
3: He bring I his mean, lunch there.
1: <laughs> nah, I don't, I keep it, yeah, I keep it, keep it how it is, man. Cause it's the, the one thing I, <clears throat> the one thing I respect about, you know, I, I've played on the Andy, played on the Marvin, played on the coach. Uh, uh, shoot. Some legendary coaches. And uh, the one thing about uh, all these coaches that, I respect about, they've always been, been real. They've always been real. There's always been up front. and they've always been themselves. They've always been themselves. That's one thing I respect about coach Reed, no matter how bad the game is going to good, the game is going practice, whatever he's always going to be his even kill self. And so that's one thing I took away from him, uh, him and Tom Coughlin, uh, from, from them, as far as, uh, I'm just going to be the most honest person as I can be, because that's what I would have wanted as a player and be the most honest person as I can be. I don't want to sit up there. I don't want to coach. I didn't want to coach the sugarcoat nothing when me. shoot me straight. And so I've always told myself I'm not going to be that person. And so or that type coach. And so uh, that's one thing I pride myself on and the guys respect it. They respect it because they know when they come to me, it's genuine straight from the heart, and it's going to be honest, I ain't going to sugarcoat it with him. So I think that's the route to go, man, because now you build the the player's trust and things become easier for everybody.
2: Hey, Nico, who's the player that you play with in the NFL you think was better than he got credit for on defense?
1: Say that again, my bad. I was breaking up a little bit.
2: Give me a player you play with on defense that was better than he got credit for, you think.
1: Um, no on defense. Let's see. Uh, I think I think. Uh, I know people. I know people. Um, Eric Berry. I know people know EB. I know people know how good EB was, but I don't think people knew him and. EB and Abdullah, I, I think are the two guys that I just don't think they, they get, they get the credit for EB, especially with, with the chief kingdom and people respect Eb, but I think those two guys don't get the credit across the league, across it all of how they work, how they approach the game, how they lead the whole nine yards. And, um, I just always, you know, I've always caught myself sitting back and watching those guys work, man. But I think, I think those two guys, you know, especially Adula, never got the credit, you know, that he deserved. I thought he was better than what uh, people were saying. And it's just, uh, he's about, he's probably the only one because everybody else, I mean, you had guys like, uh, hmm, I thought when I was in Cincinnati, I thought Andy Dalton was better than the credit people gave him. I really thought. I mean, I know people kill him and say, "Well, you had Marvin Jones, you had uh, Sanu, you had uh, A.J. Green, you had all these crazy backs and Jeremy Hill, Giovanni, and Jeremy uh, Gresham, and uh, all the old linemen." Like I, I really thought he was better than what. Uh, what people w- was saying, he was um, New York was New York was New York. I mean, we had a whole bunch of talent from Ob and Eli and, and JP. but um, It wasn't nothing. Everybody knew. Um, I think. Um, I think. I think. uh Man Jones too, man. Patman Jones, and it's not even a player standpoint; it's more or a, a playing standpoint. Patman Jones don't get the credit of being a genuine good ass teammate. He always got the the bad rap of being this type teammate, being that type teammate. But I go to war with Patman Jones any day, any day of the week. I go to war with Patman Jones. He's one of those teammates. I don't care what it is. I'm going to war with Patman Jones, and I, I just feel like. He was one of those guys that one approached the game the right way and was better than what people thought. Like I, I don't know if people realize back in two thousand fourteen shit us in Cincinnati we was number one special team unit all the way across across the land, and it's mainly because of Patman Jones. And so it's just like he never got the credit. He got the credit. Don't get me wrong, but he never got the credit that I truly thought he deserved. But um, him as a genuine good teammate, genuine good person, because he always got the bad rap of. Not being that, he was completely
0: solid at that. Solid at that. Yeah, Yeah, as far as us is concerned, man, I definitely uh, definitely enjoyed having EB and and you know, playing on the back end. You know what I mean? I feel like that was a pretty special tandem that was here. Um, As far as EB goes, um, yeah, like across the league. He had some credit, but like you said, I mean, I don't think he had enough appreciation. Mm -hmm. But from me talking to, like, other NFL fans across the league, like, on social media and everything, um, you know, everybody, every time somebody talked about the Chiefs, like, man, I remember when y'all had Eric Berry, man, that man was cold. So, like, I I remember somebody um, who was a Jets fan, he said that EB was, like, one of his all-time favorite players, all-time favorite defensive backs in general, so... Yeah. That was pretty amazing to hear that from a different NFL fan. So, so uh, what's up
3: man, I I, I just I, I want you to go I want I like what you're doing. I want you to uh go further with your coaching and uh I wanna see you in the NFL, man. I think if you can end up coaching in the NFL it I ain't gonna lie, I want you to come back coach with the team. Let's go. <laughs> hey, uh, you can start uh, off as linebacker uh, coach, you can start off uh, <laughs> as a uh uh passing game coordinator. I don't care what you do.
1: It's um I was actually talking to one of the scouts that came down uh last week. He was shooting 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 it with him and um yeah man, it's, it's actually I don't know. I, I've always, always wondered, you know, how, you know, how it feel as far as later on down uh, the road. Cause I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be blunt. Like I always had an animosity for chiefs. I just always, and when I, like I said, when I realized it was me and not others, uh, that whole mindset changes. So just having a conversation with the scout and, you know, change information and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know. You never know. You never know, man. i mean, you get to see. I, um, my internship with the Bears last year during COVID. You know, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, be in the facility, be in the building, but uh, I'm going to try to do something, man. Uh, try to try to take the next step, man. So, you never know. Might be back in Kansas City, man. You, you never know, man. Never know.
3: As soon as you get back, you know we got to kick it, bro.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
3: Yeah. Nah, Nico, I would call Nico and be like, yo, man, the Chiefs did this. He'd be like, bro, I don't want to hear you. I'm like man what you think about this new guy we just got man I don't care about that
1: (laughs) nah I went like that man (laughs) (laughs) I'm
3: nah man nah but I, I always was talking football and at the time you didn't want to hear about it and so that's how I think we got into a more of a a friendship about other things, about life, about the kids, and my bad kids, and yeah. man, my, my, uh, Nico bought my baby that uh, Barbie doll couch, man, she laid on that thing until she broke it, <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, I'm glad we developed that friendship, man, I'm lucky to call you as a friend, bro, I'm lucky that, that we back solid, and back in contact, and and all that, man, it's a pleasure that you even came on the show. I really think you got an important story that people need to hear, man. I'm going to keep saying that. But, uh, man, you my dog, man. You know I love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm glad you came on, man, and, and, and was able to share your story and 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 to tell the fans what's been going on with you and, and how we're going to progress. And now we're going to keep an eye on you. We know where you mm-hmm. at. Man. And we're going to be knowing you. And you keep putting them boys in the NFL, man, and showing them the right way and showing them the right path, bro. It's it's gonna pay off for you. I promise you that, bro. I guarantee
1: you. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate all you guys, man, for having me on. Seriously. Yeah, Seriously, Nico. Wonderful. Thank you
0: for coming. Thank you for coming on and chopping it up with us, man. Yo, know, thank you for sharing your story and everything. Just, uh, just keeping, just keeping tabs on everything that's been going on with you, man. It was great to hear what you currently have going on and great to hear, you know, your journey throughout life and football, you know, just the whole nine with you, man. So I appreciate appreciate you, boss.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Appreciate (laughs) y'all, man.
0: (laughs) Shout
2: out RNG game too, man. RNG? You said RNG (laughs) game. What's that? Let me see. That's Markel. One of our uh, viewers, my boy. Yeah, Markel a Raiders fan. I ain't playing with Yeah, you're a Raiders fan, but, man, we yeah. Shout out,
0: (laughs) Kellen. Is that RNG? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay.
3: Yeah,
1: that's yeah, tough. Just RNG. That's so, RNG. Uh, ca- uh, we our next game. Uh, we play uh, <clears throat> we play Troy this week, man. This Saturday. Um, and we got we got three games left, so we play Troy and Liberty, and then ULM, and then uh, we went out to take care of business. Our championship game will be here in Lafayette for the first time ever, and so. Um, Congratulations, man. Yeah, man. So we we just taking one game at a time, man. Trying to thrive that way, so not get ahead of ourselves.
3: Uh, you at the facility right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Trying to get. Oh, ready I thought
3: you were here. I was about to say you got a little white chalkboard, nah. and a giant <laughs> yeah. here, a real coach.
1: Nah, that's why. That's why I asked you about wearing. Like I didn't know, so I just threw my hoodie on, man. So. Nah, you yeah. good, bro? <laughs> nah, he's, he's gonna
3: try to come and flex with the tank top on or something. No.
1: No, no, I wouldn't going do that. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do that. But yeah, we, we play play this weekend, man. It's Saturday, man. It's like on ESPN. Yep. Good
3: luck, bro. We wish y'all the best, man. For real, we are like We gonna keep tabs on you,
1: man. Stop so, stressing over there, man. Chiefs gonna be all right, man. They are gonna be all right. I know you are stressing over there. Man, you're stressing. Keep being long. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be
3: all right, man. Be but all right. Over, man. So, Chuck. Well, Let's go, man. All right. Oh, we'll um, me and Chuck was on uh Kingdom Says podcast today. If y'all haven't checked that out, it was pretty good. We went over a lot of the game, um, uh a lot of things. We we talked about a little bit of everything from Deshaun Jackson to to Odell Beckham situation. So y'all y'all yeah. check that out, man. We did shout out Boogie like three times on there. So even though you wasn't on there.
1: Was on okay. it, bro. Here. She's,
0: she's, bad, gonna, she's she's gonna get OBJ. Oh <laughs> uh, hey, well let's let's go ahead and uh, talk about that first, man. So yeah. Uh, OBJ on Monday, he'll officially be on waivers. So like if nobody claims him, you know, before four PM, he, he'll be a free agent. Um I think for what I've been hearing, we got a chance. I'll say that we have a chance. I ain't gonna say it's for certain, but I think we're definitely gonna be in a run for OBJ.
3: I, I think you you look at the quarterbacks.
0: He just came from Baker
3: Mayfield, so you're looking for a good quarterback. So if you got a good quarterback and he clear waivers, which I think he should, because I'm not paying him all that money because he hasn't earned that money. But Mahomes, Brady, Russell, who are good quarterbacks? That Aaron Rodgers. Even
1: though Aaron Rodgers clown today, bro. Aaron Rodgers is a nut, bro. <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even think he's quarterback, Cunch. I think he's, I think he's coordinator. He's got to get with the right coordinator. I, I, I think, I really think Andy Reid is a good fit for him as his his mindset in the way way he functions, way he works, and so on. Because OBJ ain't no bad dude whatsoever. I know they are trying to say he got a bad attitude on that. OBJ's is what bogus. Lit. And so I think <clears throat> getting with the right coordinator, meaning play caller in and Andy Reid, I think that'd be a good fit. Or getting with a Sean Payton. It's gonna it's gonna take with somebody that has stripes in the game, that 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 understands uh because that's one thing that's difficult about coaching is understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your players. And once you understand the strengths and weaknesses of your player, you know how to coach, you, you know how to get to them, you know how to understand um how they function. And so a guy just imagine because cause for instance, I was gonna tell y'all earlier, Andy Reid them, the Chiefs have action. I thought it was weird because everybody's picking on me uh last year. So we went out and, and ran a two-minute situation damn near perfect. And so the Chiefs end up showing uh the team that whole scenario. Somebody ended up, yeah, knows the Chiefs here, was telling one of our guys here that's what happened. Coach Reed showed them, you know you know, the whole two minute drill that we had ran damn near perfection. And so I say I'll oh, just say this. I really believe that for OBJ, I think he's gonna be the coordinator, the coach that that he just just vibe with, man. I, I just I don't know, man. I I'm a OB OBJ guy and you know, we've had conversations before. And he went from, you know, the people saying he lashed out to uh to the point where he ain't said nothing at all. And it's just like he can't win for losing. And so, uh, I don't know. I I, I I hope he gets somewhere where he can just thrive, man, where he can thrive. Because um, that's what it is. The NFL is 99% about fit. And that's one thing I ha- learned the hard way. You in the right fit, you're going to thrive. You're going to thrive. I don't care who you are. You can be an average player if you're in the right fit. As an average player, you're going to thrive. So, hopefully you get in the right fit, man. I really do.
0: I really yeah, I and mean, Kevin and Kevin the Literally. trigger w- with the first comment, he said he wants to he wants Odell here, at Kansas City. Like he's pretty much speaking for the kingdom. Like I think Chiefs Kingdom definitely wants Odell here. So, but I, I, I was I said this about Odell. I said this about Odell, man. Like if he does come here, he could definitely fill that void that was left with uh Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he'll, he can he can run any route on the route tree. Basically, he'll give you that. He'll give you that short intermediate, reliable receiver. like, And he can also beat you deep, too, when needed. So I think it'll also help Tyreek out as well because Tyreek been running most of his routes like vertical, you know what I mean? So you can just kind of mix it up with those two. That's like a T.O.
2: type of talent, man.
0: Yeah, Andy
3: Reid know how to do it with the Did you see what uh, Tyreek is on pace for? He's on pace for like 1,300 yards.
0: And 199 targets. Yeah, yeah, man, he was getting fed on Monday <laughs> night, dog. He was getting fed. He had 18
1: targets on Monday night. <laughs> he can force the ball. Shit, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna need somebody on that other end. Like, if I'm the yeah. Chiefs, I got the He's gonna need someone on the other end because it's and not only that, it's gonna help Tariq out, but it's also gonna help the running game out. Because you got to pick your poison, and the one thing about Andy Reid, Andy Reid is probably to me is the best play call in 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 all of football right now. I mean, so people couldn't they, they, they take it how they want to take it, but if he got all the weapons he needs to to get this shit done, it's gonna be hell. That that's that'll be nasty, man. With the LFG on that offense, God, damn. I might even start watching games
0: again, man. <laughs> this also this this is also gonna help Travis Kelsey too, because Travis been getting beat up this season, man. Like True. defenses are getting more physical with him this year. They because start they can. yeah. Yep, you're right. Hey, that's crazy. I, well, yeah. I
3: mean, if it happens, I'm definitely gonna call you. You know that, right?
1: <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, we gonna talk. <laughs> so Joe, we got we gonna talk. It's gonna be a lot of talking going on if that happens, but. I mean, I believe when I see it. I think I think everything y'all said is correct. I, I just, I don't know. I think somebody uh, uh, comes snatching because you just, man, that's too much talent to just let go pass.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I mean. But I
3: also think that maybe he already worked it out where, hey, look,
1: don't claim me. I'm not
3: coming there. I'm not yeah. going for it. Uh, this is where I want to go.
1: Yeah, I I really believe, I mean, but nowadays, man, it's all about, you know, friendships, all about, you know, what people feel comfortable with and he feel comfortable with Baltimore or with the Chiefs or, I mean, that's what it's going to be. I mean, but I just hope we go to a good fit for him because he's he's too good of a talent to just be going through the situation he's going through or what he's been through. Just too, too good of a talent. I've played against him since, you know, I was at Bama, he was at LSU, all the way through when I was at Cincinnati and he and, and so on, and you know, becoming teammates. And so, uh, I just want the best for him, man. I, I hate he's going through this, but they all, you know, Browns will be fine, he'll be fine. So,
0: yeah, relationships matter in this league at the end of the day. So, yeah,
3: <laughs> but just one guy
0: uh, but, you want to be side, bro. I think Andy
3: Reid is probably one of those guys.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. It's been Several times I've been wanting to pick up the phone, like, "Hey, I'm in the coaching, and you know." But it's just, I got, I got to grow, man. Don't give me that. Don't give me that, man. I gotta grow, man. I gotta grow before I step to that. Gotta grow, man. So this, this is, this is it. That that the mature side. Like I told you before, I always sit back and think about my decisions before, you know, I make them because of back then I was making angry decisions and. You know what I mean, and then I'm like shit. Here I'm in. Ten years later, I'm like shit. Damn, I should have made that. But compared to, let me sit back and think it through. And then yeah, but I'm with you though. I'm with you. I'm with you. I
3: think if you make that call
1: and you tell them,
3: look, man, I was I was this this and this, and now I'm this. I'm I'm changed. I'm grown. I'm a man. I understand my decisions. I think he would accept you with open arms, Nico. I, I, I just have no doubt that he would. Yeah.
1: Let's
3: not talk about it in front of everybody. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, nah, you're good. You're good. I'm just.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, because yeah. I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm trying not to. I don't want to put too much of your, your business in the street of things. that we talk about this personal, and, and then I'm trying to, you know, I like I the that. direction you're going at the same time, too. So it's like a weird meeting. <laughs>
1: I got you. Nah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate
0: it. You're right, though. You're right, though. You're right, though.
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, let's fun. go. <laughs> Country's wild, man. Yeah, country really, country really put the I heat on you my, tonight, bro. bro. That's my god. <laughs> I want my god to succeed, bro. Wow. Hey, my we all want Nico world. to succeed. We all want Nico to succeed, man. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but but uh let's go and get this out the way man let's go and get this Aaron Rodgers stuff out the way so we only be we only going to be able to choose the Patrick Price on Sunday because we had the Patrick Price and the Rodgers rate but uh the Rodgers rate is currently on hold for right now so (laughs) it's just the Patrick Price for this weekend man so I I heard we, we all know about the Pat McAfee interview and what he had to say you know what I mean but I'm only gonna say this little bit on Aaron Rodgers, man. I'm more so disappointed in the people not really getting on him lying, as much of him saying what he had to say as far as you know doing his own research or listening to what Joe Rogan said. Like I don't care about all that. I'm more so cared about he lied in front of people about his vaccination status. So that that and that's that's the thing that people should get on him more than anything. You know what I mean? So that's all I got to say on Aaron Rodgers, man. That's all I'm going to say on that. I uh,
3: give him that same energy I gave Kyrie, man. Cam. Oh, Kyrie was honest about this. And I respect Kyrie as a man, Said This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. He didn't go out there and try to sneak in. I'm a, I'm immunized, a whatever he said. I'm immunized. Okay. I'm, I'm I just. I just showed my education. <laughs> Whatever he said, E E E, come on, bro. Don't don't try to slick talk me to death. And that's what he tried to do. He got caught, he got COVID, and now he's suffering the consequences. And it should be consequences. You know? For sure. But it don't matter. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. They was gonna get their ass kicked this weekend anyway.
0: I mean, that's how I felt about it too, man. But uh, let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and get to the matchup, anyway, man. Um, country, I'm gonna get out
1: of here, guys, man. It's really, it's really love, one love, man. For, for real. Sure. Man. cool Nico so, bro? Cool. Hey,
0: Nico. We'll man, get you later, bro.
1: Okay. Y'all yeah, be easy.
0: All right, you too, Nico. Take it easy, bro. All right. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into this matchup, though, man. Um, I think I'm I'm starting to lean t- towards your vibe here, country as far as what this defense can do, man. Like, when we was on Keynote Says Pod the other night, I said the Chiefs would give up 20. But I might be on that 17 side with you, man. We might be able to pull off a 17 again, man. I'm pretty – I think I'm starting to get a little more confident that this defense is going to put that heat on Jordan Love, man. And, like, this isn't a last-minute thing either as far as, like, the quarterback change. So the Chiefs have had some time to prepare, you know what I mean, for Jordan Love. So and this is nothing against Jordan Love. I just find certain matchups to where the Chiefs can eat and get that pressure, man. I think um, like we mentioned last week on it on um, not last week, but the last episode, that we we all feel like that Frank Clark is is seeing blood in the water again. We all see I th- think we're seeing that shark in Frank Clark again, and I think he's gonna come up big this week.
3: Blood in the water, Frank. That's Boogie nickname corn Don't try to steal it from Boogie. He the one that said it first.
2: Blood yeah. in the water mode. I'm, I'm, I'm looking out for number 24, man.
3: I do want to oh, see. Oh what,
0: yes. I yes. Do you
3: want to see what the Mamba mentality brings to the to the defense, to the D line this weekend.
0: Yeah, that man's hungry, dog. They set around some plays for him. So it's gonna be interesting sort to of see how many snaps he plays, but it's not like he ain't in football shape. He just yeah. in a different. He's just yeah. on a different team, so I think he's ready I like to work.
3: That, I like that he was cool about leaving Pittsburgh. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't talk crazy to nobody. And and Pittsburgh kind of, they kind of was talking crazy when he left. Yeah. So that's some more motivation, and then we gonna play them later down the line. So, uh, yeah. Why would you put that bulletin board material out there though? You know that was weird to me, but put them in obvious passing downs third down and longs, man, and let them eat. And then the way Frank playing, the way Chris playing, the way Reed is playing right now,
0: you throwing a rookie
3: quarterback against that?
0: Yep, or, like, somebody who's starting their actual first ever NFL regular season game. So. Right. The road, but- Arrowhead.
3: And Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough for, like, a first start. And I also going to say this, too, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going a, I'm to a get at Sully real quick. Sully, you're not allowed to be on this Nick Bolton bandwagon. You're not allowed, bro. No. You're not allowed to change your mind, bro. You was going to him on Nick Bolton early on in the season, dude. You, we, we're not about to let that rock here, bro. I'm sorry. Because he mentioned that Nick Bolton could be a huge key in slowing down Aaron Jones. And I think he is going to be a huge key. I feel like Nick Bolton's going to do his job again this week. You know, slow down that running game between Jones and Dylan. To where Jordan Love is going to throw more than what he's used to, and that's a and that's going to be that's going to create opportunities for the defense to get turnovers. I think this is the game where the defense finally starts getting some turnovers, man. At least two. We so, should get at least two turnovers. You know, the only thing that got me scared is is
2: Spags to play Hitchens or what? Some snaps. I mean,
0: I mean, yeah. Here's yeah, he's going to play Hitchens, but we hope that Hitchens is more like. The wheelbacker, you know what I mean? I hopefully snag spag sticks with Bolton and gate because I'm like, you getting the results. You starting to get the results with those two, man. Like the future is now. You gotta move forward with them. And plus, Hitchens, ain't Hitchens on the on the final year of his deal anyway. Yep.
3: Hitchens did his it. job, man. Hitchens was yeah. supposed to come in and teach them how to be players, how to be linebackers, how to be pros. Nick Bolton was rookie of the month. Willie we gay him, he's going on two interceptions in a row. Two weeks in a row. You've done your job. Now you come in, you 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 finish the rest. It's not if they play hitchens, it's where they play
0: hitchens that's the issue. Exactly, bro. How much? Get, get Ben Neiman off the damn field. Just get him you, off the field. Uh, that's to, that's you
3: cannot replace Nick Bolton, bro. I've been saying it for the last three days. I will be pissed after on the postgame show. If Hitchens is is Neiman is on the field as much as he was, is is it's, it's it might be over for the spags, bro. It Wait, might that's
0: be. coach that's coaching malpractice if that happens, bro. Like at this point. If that happens, Don, it's that's coaching malpractice. I'm sorry.
3: I don't know. We're coming out with a win, bro. That's all I'm gonna say. We'll see y'all. And we'll then I'll see miss- the game after the win. <laughs>
0: And then offensively, man, like the only thing we gotta worry about is protecting Mahomes, basically, which is obvious. That's every week. But, but blocking um Z'Darrius Smith. I think Zadarius Smith, he returns this week. I don't know if he played last week, but him returning is gonna help they pass rush a bit. So, you know, them tackles gonna have to hold their own whenever wherever Zadarius lines up at. And um if Pat gets enough time back there to survey the field, man, I mean Tyreek, I mentioned Tyreek Hill should have a a huge day.
3: Run no the ball, Diary
0: Alexander. Run the ball.
3: Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Have a game this Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you you can run on Green Bay, so yeah. Run the ball. I want to see how them snaps
2: split up too.
0: Right, Gore and Williams. Would,
2: yeah, let's see Gore a little bit more. We didn't see Williams a little more game. We'll let's switch it up. Hey,
3: D-Will been bringing it, though. But yeah, I'm not saying it like a that. Bad. It's just Derek Gore bringing, like, a different type of energy, man. It's just it's just a little bit different out
0: there with him. So You got, you got more wiggle. Yeah, yeah. I want to see how much, though. Right. I think this like, is... At this point, man, we've we seen enough of Daryl Williams, and we know what he's about, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, let the young boy, Derek Gore, get a little more run. I think he's earned that, man. Because last, because on Monday night, I think that was a wicko call for Daryl Williams. Honestly, so honestly, both of these guys should really perform. If that's the case, somebody who really wanted
3: somebody that's not even playing right
0: now.
2: Oh, uh, oh my gosh! We we'll go get Clyde yep. going too, man. I'm not,
3: I'm it. not Clyde. I think, I think if you if you can bring him and Clyde together
2: at the same time.
3: I think that might bring a whole nother layer to the offense.
2: Just let Claude be that third down type of bat. Because yeah, so Clyde he wasn't time.
3: running bad when he, when he left, when he got hurt. He wasn't running bad. He was, he was running way better than he had been. So let's see. Let's see what happens, man.
0: I'm like, I'm like, man. I, I'm like, man. I'm tired to talk of people trying to reduce his role, man. Like, dog. He's a first round. He was a first round pick. His role really ain't getting reduced no time soon, man. But when yeah. he, whenever he does come back, I would love for Derek Gordon to still be a part of this team. You know, as far as playing, getting his opportunities, because I feel like he's earned that up to this point.
2: Yeah, I would love to see
0: a two running back system. Let's
2: let's do it. Why not? What do we got to lose? Just use Claude as a. Just throw him the ball more. Yeah. Use him the proper way.
3: I've been saying that since he got here. Use him how y'all said y'all was gonna use him. That's it, bro. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: so where does this leave Jared McKinnon, man? So is he is it reduced to a special teams role now, basically? He, he's been excelling at that. What's the problem?
3: And then if you when you want to rest a guy, you need some speed. Put him
2: in. Ain't, ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing gonna change. He game-specific yeah. anyway, though, bro. Like, we yeah. know what he can do. Yeah, we know what he can do. He is bad. He used to this. He know what's going
0: on. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, man, yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, dog, we should come with a dub, and, and I'm gonna say this right now, too, man. I think the, the Raiders gonna get upset by the Giants. And it's gonna be tied before we go to Vegas. And that'll be for the number one number one seed in the AFC West. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> so yep. <laughs> that that is, what time what time the Raiders play? Noon? Yeah they play at noon. You know how West Coast teams are when they got to travel the East Coast and they play at noon. You know, today they, uh they, they clock is different, you know what I mean? Like they bodies at 10 a.m. You know what I mean? So
3: Yeah, and and there be
0: not to really get into that situation, but
3: Henry Ruggs is probably gonna affect that locker room a little bit, like might be a little bit more than that, but that that that's gonna affect that locker room. It has to, bro, they human, you know what I'm saying? So not to dwell on that
0: situation at all. Right. That's a that's a big that's a big time situation, man. Like they've already had a PR disaster, um, just not too long ago. And now you dealing with another one. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough, man. But you know, um, shout out to Derek Carr though. You know, Derek Carr, you know, being a leader, you know what I mean? Because I know everybody's on Henry Rudd's head right now as far as uh the horrible mistake and the bad decision making everything. But you know, Derek Carr, he's a he's a forgiving dude. He's gonna stand by him. You know what I mean? You know, showing that love despite, in spite of I his mean, mistake.
3: Who thought he wasn't, though? That's, that's ridiculous. They, they've they been teammates for, and quarterbacks, they probably in the same room, they probably talk day to day. Like, come on, bro. Like, just because you make a di- mistake don't mean that we gonna entirely disown you. I might not like what you did, but I, I can't disown you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, of co- I mean, it's a quarterback. Like, I seen people were mad that people were mad that Gruden got fired. they his players, bro. They talk to him every day. You don't know the type of relationship they had. So, yeah, I might not like the act that you did, but that don't mean I don't love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's silly, bro. I don't like that you went to that playoff game and we almost lost, but I still love you. <laughs> Boogie's oh, Boogie so gone, he ain't even laughing that he wanted to, but he ain't catching
0: <laughs> <Nah>, it. I'm good. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Boogie just chilling today, man. Boogie, Boy, Boogie Boogie really ain't have much to say today. Boogie's like, man, I just, I'm just, i just ready for Sunday to get I'm, here. Uh, to, I'm ready, man. Point. I
2: think it's going to be a cool game. I got a 31-17. I think offense is going to get going. Mahomes should have a pretty good game showing out since Rodgers ain't going to be able to compete with him.
3: Is this the week that he bounces back? It it's it, it oh, should be, so. bro. It should be, man. Is he got to yeah. bounce back sometime? He got to bounce back sometime. That's if it's good, not good, this good, week, good.
0: it's just. But at the same time, I definitely don't want him throwing the ball forty-eight times again. I don't want that at Let's all. Cut it down. Let's cut it down this week. And it's going to be
3: nice weather this weekend, too. So, it's not going to be cold. It's not going to be rainy. It's not going to be dreary. It's supposed to be like 71 degrees or something. Arrowhead going to be rocking. Let's go, man. Let's go and get this.
0: Yes, sir. I like Space that. That's yeah, I said twenty seven twenty on the the Keno says pod, but you yeah, know yeah. I'm, I'm more towards I'm more towards countryside now. The seventeen, I think we've been able to. I think, I the think, 17. I
3: think we had the same score as Boogie. Actually,
0: oh really? Thirty one seventeen. 19, yep, yep, you did. You right on yep. that, bro. So yeah, man. Um, so going wrap going wrap this episode up. So, Chiefs Kingdom, I think this is the game where. We really start to kick things in the gear, man. I know this is gonna be a tough stretch, but I to me, I think we're able to get through it just fine before the bye week, honestly. You know? So just be patient, Chiefs Kingdom. This team will get back on track. We we're getting there slowly but surely. We're gonna get there. Straight starts so, this week, man. Hey, plus I might get bored and do a spaces later. So come come at me. <laughs> Yeah, so uh so we like to thank Nico Johnson for appearing on this week's this week's episode. Uh don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share on all your social media platforms. Until the next episode, we out of here, y'all.
3: Good.